get your Bibles, uh, Isaiah 43. I want to start there. got it when we stand. Just stand one more time as we read this, just a couple verses. <clears throat> Isaiah 43, verse 1 and 2. It says, But now this is what the Lord says. He who created you, oh, put your name in there. Who formed you, Put your name in there. Fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. God, I just thank you for the promise and the confidence that we have. In you. You didn't say the fire and floods won't come and the winds won't, won't blow, but you said you'd be with us in all these things. And we thank you right now, Lord God, as, as we see the, the stuff happening around this world and around um, our nation and even in this area, <clears throat> Lord, we, we choose to fear not, but to follow you and, and to trust you, God, that you're with us. And I just thank you. And I pray you'd infuse us with that courage and that boldness. For this hour, in Jesus' name, everybody said, "Amen." Amen. You can <clears throat> you can be seated. <clears throat> um, <clears throat> so the two, what I think, some of the two top weapons that the devil likes in his armory that he likes to use. One of them is discouragement, right? And I think the other one's fear. You probably list some other ones, but how many know that fear and discouragement are things that have have been part of your life at times, right? And what and and how does that affect you? That's um, <clears throat> uh, it, it drains us. It makes us weary, right? I'm like, I mean, and discouragement is one of those things. It's like after a long period of time. It's like it amplifies. The interesting thing is that nobody, not even the devil, can make you discouraged. That's easier said than done, but the reality is we, <clears throat> we all choose, we all react, right? We make a choice how we're going to respond to what's going on around us. And... Um, but I, to be very just real with all of us, we recognize that there are times some stuff can pile up to such an extent it's it's a battle to not be discouraged, right? You know, in fact, I would say be natural to be discouraged. <clears throat> the thing that God doesn't want us to do is live there, amen, and find our way out. <clears throat> That's um, but we would talk about discouragement another time, but. Um, <clears throat> Fear is the other one, and it's 
<clears throat> in fact, I wrote, I just wrote my column for the next paper, and I spoke about fear. Um, I'll let you read it. But, uh, but the truth is this, whatever you fear controls you, right? Whatever you fear controls you. Whatever you fear, it blinds you. It, it numbs your ability to make good decisions. It, it keeps you, the more fear takes a hold of, of you, the less you are able to truly find the, the, the wisdom and the, and, and the ways to go forward or to, to just to conduct yourself in that time because you, we get into this uh, protection mode. Um, <clears throat> just as kind of a, as an illustration, I've, Cindy's car, the next problem is a transmission problem, right? So, and which, y- yippee, right? Um, so I'm dealing with discouragement. All right. It, it wasn't fun, happy Saturday morning when I tried to start her car after we thought it was fixed and it won't even start. I was not happy. You know, I wasn't. I wasn't shouting hallelujahs, and I know that God was. You know, I I, I was by myself, and I I kind of expressed my frustration. No foul words. I never have foul. I never swear. Nobody else has had that experience, I'm sure, in this room, but. At the same time, I felt like the Lord was saying, at, at that moment, not at that moment, but later that day, like, what if every time it breaks, every time that happens, you stop and you begin to praise me? I said, man, I've never done that. <laughs> not very often. And, uh, but what if I did that? The interesting thing about um, <clears throat> about the transmission issue is there's this thing that your transmission is, is set up to do that when it's starting to really get in bad shape and something's breaking, it goes into what they call limp mode. And you, you can't go faster. You may be in second gear, maybe third, but you're not going very fast. But limp mode is, is a, a protection mode to keep from completely destroying your, your, your transmission while you get it, Right? That's, and they, they said it has limp mode in it. So you see one of those people just putting along on the side of the highway. Don't scream and yell at them. They probably need prayer because their transmission just went out. Okay? There's always another story. You know, there's always more to the story. All right? But we can get in limp mode in fear, can't we? And... Um, it, it can it, it can hinder our relationships because we're we're walking in fear. We're not confident in in, in who we are, and and uh, uh, it it can sabotage really what what really could be. Definitely sabotage what could be if we let fear um, take hold of us. And uh, uh, and I think to and we don't go into that place like we just sang about, and I just talked about, you know, I'm going to praise you. When the sun's out and when the storm's going, I'm going to praise you. It's easy to sing it, isn't it? But he wants us to live it. Because I believe that there's, there's a victory that's waiting. And you know what? <laughs> I mean, I'm thinking, God, I'm tithing. I'm doing my missions. mission. You know, I, I, I'm being faithful to your work, you know, and this car keeps breaking down over and over again, and my truck that I bought over a month ago still sits in Grand Coulee waiting for a part from Ford that's not coming because of the auto workers' strike back in the Midwest. 
And I'm about to make a payment on a truck I've never driven. But I'm not discouraged. So I'm just going to be real here, right? Because this is where we're living. But the gospel applies to where we're living. And I'm, I'm learning and growing just like anybody else. Um, October, this is October 1st. And if you've seen any of these uh, commercials about m- upcoming movies and series, uh, there are some saying, this is scare month. Or or fear month or, you know, horror, you know, because of Halloween at the end, the whole month is going to be given by some to, to scare you out of your wits. Um, <clears throat> yeah. And I just, uh, I, I've never, when I was a little kid, when I was a, actually a teenager, my brother and I would watch those old Bela Lugosi black and white, you know, Frankenstein, Dracula movies and hard to go to bed after that. But, um, but the stuff I just I just said I I don't have any time any want to give in to that kind of fear. But there's such a, a drive to want to be to make this to scare you out of your wits. There are people who are making millions of dollars. They just enjoy making you jump in your seat and crawl under the seat in the in the theater or whatever it might be. I mean, haunted houses, store displays. Silverwood is going to become scary wood, right? Yeah. Right? Well, it's, see, the world, they want you to be afraid. Why? Because they want to control you. We, we, we saw that so lived out during the alleged pandemic. Some call it a pandemic, but you can decide for yourself. All these things that people were, were being... Be afraid. Be really, really afraid. We've got to put triple mask on your children and put shots in them who are completely healthy and COVID's not, never affect them because they might kill grandma. And all these things, these, these unscientific, unverified things. But you just, just don't ask questions. And people who are actually the medical experts who actually were, were proving, hey, no, 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 these, those are experimental shots. We don't even know what they do. And these things do work. No, oh, no, they don't. That's horse medicine, you know. And, and, and these people who were getting success in healing people were being shut down in science because, because there's a, there was a narrative and a financial incentive to make sure that they are shut out so we have our way. And the way that they get it is make you afraid and demonize the people who actually, we know now, are telling the truth. It's all about control. Because so when, when we're in that kind of fear mode, we, we, we're not thinking clearly. We don't, we don't, uh, <clears throat> it's, it's just, you know, just be afraid. Stop thinking <clears throat> and just do what we say. You know, kind of like, <clears throat> you'll own nothing and be happy. Right? Let me get an example. I had a real revelation a few years ago during <clears throat> a class. Uh, when I was doing the, pursuing this master's degree that I got, <clears throat> it was a, a class. It was a, the all church stuff, you know, about relations and, and vision for church and interactions. A lot of my classes dealt with that kind of stuff. And I had this revelation in this one class. Um, 
about how fear blinded me to how I could have started at this one church in Maine in a whole different way. So I'm going to be totally transparent here, a little vulnerable, okay? But I've, I've referenced, uh, we, we had, there are some wonderful things that happened there. There was a transforming moment f- for me. Uh, some guys talk about pastoral ministry training at college or universities. Um, uh, I say it was in Maine. God forced me into a situation uh, that caused me to have to deal with issues, answer questions, and pursue truth, um, uh, and then know what it looks like to be trampled and have to leave and not get vindicated for things that you were you were wrongly accused of. And but you're His servant. But let me to back up. It was like this. So. I had been, we had planted a church, been planting a small little church in Connecticut, and we had had, <clears throat> um, been there about six years, and, but I was still working, and we needed to have a, I needed to get one, have one job, because our fifth child was on the way, and Cindy says, I'm not doing this by myself anymore. And so we prayed, and God took us to, the, to Maine. Uh, I've told you before in the past, it was a, it was a, a situation that, that most guys would not even send their resume to because you're following a guy who'd been there for 30 years in the heart of New England culture, small town. I mean, you're, you're away from the metropolitan. This is, this is, you got real New England. <clears throat> and he was still there and would kept preaching right up until the Wednesday night before the new guy came and would keep living in town. There's not a pastor a minister who knows uh, the dynamics of what happens in ministry who would want to go into that situation. And this one of the times where I said, I'll never do that. Don't do that. Don't say those things because, and I, I've, I've said this before, but the Lord's, you know, spoke to me, what if I need a sacrificial lamb for that church? I need somebody. And I, green, I felt, anyway, so I go there. This was, a, this was what I, how I approached it. I, the fear that was in me, I was intimidated. Um, number one, it was a good-sized church, 145 people or so in it, you know, I mean, for what I'd been at. It was a whole new culture. We loved beautiful area. But there was this retired well-known, respected pastor and his wife had retired from the southern New England district. We're now up in, in the northern. And they, they were there. They were well-known. He's going to be in the church. You know, I was so intimidated by his presence. And there were some very old-time Pentecostal ladies who had always who'd had their way. And uh, they were the ones, um, they were... Love God, but they were the ones who who did the old time Pentecostal things that that I didn't really do, like like the tambourines and the flags doing the Jericho march around the church. You know, I think that's fine, but you know, and so there was there was a level of old time Pentecost that they that they were still practicing, which was not bad, but it's just I'm not that demonstrative. You you know, I. I, I don't spit, I don't run around the, the pulpit the area, you know, and I, I don't shout and, and I, you know, have a hanky. I don't have a hanky. All right, so I, you know, right? So, so that, so, and, and there are these, these dynamics that, that I was um, facing. And then on top of that, my predecessors, 
adult children and families were in the church. His, um, you know, and I'm, I'm 37 years old. And um, same age that my predecessor was when he came there 30 years before that. But. And so, you know, I'm really, I, I want to be liked. Do you want to be liked? You go to a new job or a new place, you want to be liked. You go to a new church, you want to be liked, right? I wanted, I wanted you know, to do what I, I knew God had called, called us there. But I'm going to tell you that these things were on my radar in here. And it is intimidating me. Not to mention the fact that the church never had a chance to actually grieve the, the missing of their pastor to the point they wanted a new one. So that, that dynamic was there. And so I can see that the, this is what I did. I just went there. I just started doing church. I just started preaching. I just started. I had to do everything. I do the entire service. No, kind of like now. <laughs> Thankfully, we've got people helping. But and everything because I was hadn't been there before. I didn't know how they did it. No matter what I did was different. I read out of a strange version of the Bible called the NIV instead of the King James. And so a little, little of this started happening, and it just confirmed my fears and my intimidation. And, like, and um, I was not destined to be there a long time because you need somebody to come in to kind of help bring things, kind of clear out some of the cobwebs and get some things back on track. And thankfully, by God's grace, but um, two years in, God came down on a, on a Palm Sunday evening, and, and things changed. We only had half the congregation, but we had the Spirit of God had fallen, and we started singing like we'd never sung before. Uh, good old Sister Taylor, who hadn't done the Holy Ghost jig down the aisle for years, comes jigging down the aisle as we're singing with her eyes closed, you know? And God was doing some, did some marvelous things in there. It took, um, it, was, it, was, it was rough. But I, I recognize something that I, I'm sitting in this class, and we're talking about dynamics, about honesty and transparency. And I all of a sudden realize, because I was so afraid, I, I didn't have the confidence that, God, you called me here, and I'm here as long as you want me. And so here I am. Be confident that he's called me, not fear the people in all my imagination, but just like I'm here because God wants me here. And, and these, this is a difficult situation. Let's talk about it. Instead of preaching that first Sunday, you know what I would have done? I, if I was not afraid of them, I, I could have just pulled up a chair and just laid out, hey, I'm the new guy. You love this, this gentleman. You loved him. He's a wonderful man. He's just a mile away. This is a difficult situation for me to be here. I don't know you. You don't know me. We're going to make some mistakes. I need your help. Because God's got a bigger plan than just this or that. And can you, can we come together and can you help me? If you were in the congregation, do you think that would, 
be a benefit? I just know. I was like, and I, the, what I realized it was I couldn't see that because I was so consumed with the intimidation, the fear that was so ruling me by the, seeing these intimidating people out there. So that's, I mean, that's not a victory, but if we could at least learn from the things that didn't work out right, we, are, we, 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 we come out ahead. Amen? And so, is there anybody else got maybe a situation, maybe fear blinded you and you didn't make the best choices at the moment, right? Right? The good thing is we can pull the plug on fear, right? We can, we can take it captive, so to speak, and I believe it's <clears throat> fighting fear with fear, meaning the fear of God. When you truly have a fear of God, meaning a, a, an awe of God, a, a confidence in God, that not only that he is God and you're not... <laughs> but that his plans and purposes are right, his callings are true, that he, has, he, he brings good out of even what seems to be evil or confusing, he will bring good if we're just paying attention instead of, getting, instead of letting yourself get all upset because the car won't start. Make it a moment to stop and say, God, I praise you because you are amazing. And nothing can separate me from your love, not even a transmission that's going to go out after all these other things we fixed. Right? Begin to then say, I will not be afraid. Look at Isaiah. Turn to Isaiah chapter 8. Go back a few, cha- a few chapters. Isaiah chapter 8, verse, thir- verse uh, 11. And I wonder, as you're looking there, if discouragement doesn't have the element of fear uh, in it as well. Because it doesn't, discouragement is like you're afraid nothing's going to change, or you're afraid it's never going to work out, or you're afraid you're stuck in this, right? There's an element of fear that, that is part of discouragement. You could say that uh, fear um, uh, really nullifies faith, but likewise, faith will nullify your fear. You can't have both. Isaiah chapter 8, verse 11. says, The Lord spoke to me with his strong hand upon me, warning me not to follow the way of this people. And that is a word for today. Do not follow the way of this people. And he said, do not call conspiracy everything these people call conspiracy. Conspiracy, the word can be treason. There are those running around, appointing, yelling at people who don't agree and say, you're, you're just a conspiracy theorist or you're committing treason. You're a domestic terrorist um, just because you, you believe you should be able to worship and pray and pray for the mayor. Um, do not call conspiracy everything these people call conspiracy. Do not fear what they fear and do not dread it. The Lord Almighty is the one you are to regard as holy. He is the one you are to fear. He is the one you are to dread. And he will be a, what's the word you've got? He will be a sanctuary. Anybody got a different word in there besides sanctuary? 
a holy place, safe place you had, Mary? Keep you safe. You see what, what, what he's saying here? Listen, there is so much going on today. I mean, with, with um, uh, well, in, culturally in our schools, um, I need your prayers because a week from tomorrow I have, I'm moderating a candidate night at Calvary of Spokane uh, with the Spokane, whatever candidates show up for the school district. Uh, for Spokane and, and the Meade School District. So um, we'll see what happens. But there's so many things uh, to want to make you afraid. Um, another another pandemic, they're expecting, there are some, some states that are already making kids in school wear masks. I mean, remember, healthy kids under 19, not a, not a single one died of COVID. Not a single one died of COVID. Information is the greatest way to, to go after these the, the lies. Amen? But he says, I am the one you are to regard as holy. God is holy. He is he's set apart in, in, in the sense that God sits outside of time. We talked about this on our Tuesday night. God is outside of time, right? He, he's the creator of this world, and yet he is not dependent on the, on, the, on, our, on the creation whatsoever. He exists without it or with it. doesn't matter. Just like in any, anything, that, anything you create. The people, those who created these chairs are not in the chairs, right? They, are, they, they, are, they transcend them. God transcends his creation. He is set apart. He is set apart from everything we know. He is set apart. He is out there. He is greater than everything that, 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 that we have around us. All the stuff that makes us afraid will all tremble in fear when they see his face. And so we need to... Set apart him, regard him as holy. He is the one we are to fear, to fear God. You know, fear, to fear God means to awe and respect of him. It's the kind of fear that causes, it draws you to him. The, the, the fear of God that draws you, makes you, you want to, uh, you want to please him. You want to know him. You want to, to be with him. That's that kind of fear. It's not the fear that, that pushes you away. You want to get away from him. You're not afraid of God, but you have a fear of God in the proper way. And he is the one you are to dread, to recognize he's powerful. Those who say, well, God is a God of love. Yes, he's a grace, grace. And just, oh, Papa God, Papa God. You know, I, I understand that, that, that characterization of God. There's a positive element that God is our Father, and people are going, Papa God. But I, personally, I, I, I believe it, it diminishes the holiness and the justice of God when we... When we uh, reduce him to just a, a few comfortable, you know, fuzzy little, warm, fuzzy little attributes. He just, he's always good. He's just always, and he's always nice. And he's always, oh, I forget that he's always in a good mood. N- n- no. Not at all. But God, we should, he is the one to dread, meaning recognize that those who reject him, those who deny him, face an eternity. Diane Feinstein, the longest-serving woman of the, of the Senate, died um, this week. I, I understand the day before she was in the Senate making a vote. Yeah. But she was very, very ill, and we grieve anybody loss of a loved one. Aside from that, 
she was the most adamant one who supported the execution, the, the ending the life of the unborn at every stage. And you could embrace all the other godless things that, that we could go down the list. To dread means recognize that you don't get a free pass just because some people liked you. To be afraid for her soul. Nothing that could be done about it. Be very afraid. We don't need to be afraid, but she should be. She's seen him face to face. And God is a righteous judge. He, he knows the heart better than anybody of, any of us know. But if she died embracing the things, the godless things, the, that's a, a terrible thing. And we recognize that God means what he says. And he says what he means. And we recognize um, that. And when we do this, that he will be a sanctuary. He will be a sanctuary. He's that, that's where he is, right? The presence of God, that he will be with us. And um, that regardless of what's going on, that, that we regard him as holy, that we, our actions are governed uh, by our, our fear of God, our uh, recognizing of that, and not our fear of man. So that people might say things about us, do things to us, make us, you know, you may lose our job, any number of things, um, criticize, but, but we recognize that I'm only accountable to my, to my Lord. And I will be pleasing to his, in his sight. I will make sure that what I've done, that it is right before his eyes, even if it's not before yours. And therefore, you cannot make me afraid. You cannot intimidate me, the, the world, anymore, because the only one I fear is God. I have defeated the fear of man by the fear of God. Amen? And look at verse 17. It says, I will wait for the Lord who is hiding his face from the house of Jacob. I will put my trust in him. At this time, it's like they wanted revival and awakening. It wasn't happening. The evidence that God seemed to be absent. Well, yeah, he, he goes later on and Isaiah says, Your sins have separated you from me. But Isaiah says, I'm going to still wait for you. I'm going to still trust you, even though you're hiding your face from your people right now and we're, we're, and we're not seeing you move. I'm going to keep trusting in you. That's where we need to be. Amen? Because what, what other option is there? Give in to fear and just surrender. Look at 1 Peter 3, verse 13. If you could turn there. First, first Peter three, first Peter three, verse thirteen. <clears throat> it says, Peter's writing to the believers. It says, "Who is going to harm you if you're eager to do good?" Well, we know there are those who want to do that. Because your good reveals their wrong, their, their error, and so forth. 
But even if you should suffer for what is right, you are blessed. Do not fear what they fear. Do not be frightened. And again, you see the same thing as in Isaiah. Do not fear what they fear. Do not be frightened. What should, what should set us apart from those um, people around us is that we are not afraid of the things like everybody else is. Amen? But in your heart, set apart Christ as Lord, that he is the Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give a reason for the hope that you have. But do this with gentleness and respect. That we have a reason we're not uh, walking in fear and uh, bowing to everything that um, a godless uh, government wants to mandate on us and those kind of things, or whatever it might be. That we would be able to be ready to share about the hope we have in Christ with those around us. And notice how he says, we do this with gentleness and respect, keeping a clear conscience so that so that those who speak maliciously against our good behavior in Christ will be ashamed of their slander. Think about this. Um, that we, we do so, the way we, we interact with people is with gentleness and respect, which, which is so different from the way these, these activist groups are trying to go after Christians and anyone who stands for traditional values, um, burning down their places and beating up folks. Those... Um, Somebody who tries to say that God only made male and female uh, gets attacked. Um, all these kind of things. But our response with gentleness and respect, and we keep a clear conscience. Why? Because we're not we're not we're not doing the things that they're doing. Um, so that those who speak maliciously against your good behavior in Christ will be ashamed. We talked about this, I think, Tuesday night. Um, and I, it was driven home by some author was writing that that um, you're going to take a stand for Christ, for truth. You very likely are going to have to make it by yourself or in a sense of being alone, as opposed as a, compared to the, the those who would be against you. We think about the, the Dietrich Bonhoeffers, or just name some of the great heroes of faith who stood up. We, we celebrate them now, but they were by themselves in so many ways. It's, you know, you didn't feel like a hero, meaning there was not a lot of people going, yeah, keep going. They were actually saying the other thing. You're a traitor. You're a, you're a liar. You're a, or making up other kind of false accusations and these kind of things. And the ability to, to be able to stand and, 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 to, and to, to, to keep uh, going um, regardless. Because you, you fear God and you have set apart Christ as Lord and nobody else. Amen? Because you know that if you're standing for what you know is true and you keep standing, you don't bow, you will not ever have to apologize for that later on. And in the in that final day, whatever that day is, it will be seen that you were you were supporting that which was true. One more um, um, Well, I, let me say this. Listening to um, a portion of a of a a guy who was speaking, you've, you've probably heard of him, fired from Fox recently. 
but, but he had some really good things to say about fear. I didn't even, kind of ran into it accidentally. He says, if you defeat your fear of death, nothing can make you afraid. This whole idea that that the only thing that we should fear is cowardice, or to live a life with no without purpose. That I would be I would be afraid of ever governing my life, walking as a coward, and never actually finding the purpose that God has for me in my life, living an aimless, wishy-washy life. May that never be true about my life. May it never be true about your life. Amen? And I'm preaching to the choir on these things. Because the point is, we're all going to die. Thank you, Pastor, for that encouraging word. Yes, I'm here to help you. So if you're going to die, I've done many funerals, and, and it's, it's, not, it's, not, it's not a rare thing that I, I recognize that someday people will be here for me, and people will be in that room for you one day. But in Christ, we don't need to fear it because death, as we talked at communion, death becomes, where death thought it would destroy us, it actually becomes our promotion. It's a doorway into, into, into a life where we can never die and the sin nature is washed out of us and we, we, are, we are people like we could never imagine, but it's really, really good. Death has lost its sting. Death has been swallowed up in, in victory by Christ. And so I no longer fear death. So guess what? I could make something out of my life. I'm going to make something out of my life because I don't care how it ends. I, I, I am a little concerned about how that death part happens, you know. Can, can, can we make that kind of a quick thing, you know, uh, whenever? But, but make it count. In a sense, as I talked about seeds, uh, um, as Apostle Paul did in, in 1 Corinthians 15, that when you, you only fear God, you don't fear man, you don't fear death, you don't fear the things around the, in the world, but you, you, your fear is for uh, uh, fear of God and your confidence that if you walk with him, he's going to take you through whatever it is, then... What's to stop you? Take your life then and let it be the seed. Seed your life. That's what we're doing. When we're giving our life, we're seeding our life in the purposes and the plans of God, in, in the will of God. You're seeding your life in, in, in the promises and commands of God. I'm going to follow them. And so and instead of following my own, uh, Jesus said, unless a seed falls to the ground and dies, it remains alone. Right? And Jesus said, I'm that seed. He was that that ultimate seed where he died, went in the tomb, and came out and produced all kinds of life, eternal life. Amen? 
Just like you, every spring, you know, we, we, we see that uh, they plant these little seeds, little kernels of, of different things around here. If it's a sunflower or if it's barley or wheat or these kind of things. What goes in the ground is one, but what comes out is like, try to count all those seeds. Try to count the seeds in one sunflower. Come on. Right? Everything about nature speaks about what God has for us, what he wants to do. Amen? If you and I, as we seed our lives for the purposes of God, and even in a more tangible way, right here in, in, in this local body, this is right where we live, we seed ourselves for this purpose here. Just, you're going to... Uh, um, only God knows how much uh, life can come, right? Everybody can count the seeds in an apple, but nobody can count the apples in a seed, right? This is the idea. And so to, to be concerned with, with what seems, to be, seems to, to be or not be a reality around you at the moment doesn't mean that God isn't working. Amen? He says, just give me, give me yourself. Plant me where... Plant me where you've got me. What's that growing? You grow, grow, where you're, grow where you're planted or bloom where you're, you're planted, right? Um, and let that, let that be so. Um, that we don't need to fear the things that the world fears. We don't need to be afraid of those other things. We, 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 we believe that we can think for ourselves in the sense we can ask questions and find the truth. What does God say? Well, how, does, how does the things around me uh, uh, relate? How does the Word of God speak to these things? And I'm going to find out. And I'm going to live according to this, not according to what, what some news station says or, or some um, overpaid uh, uh, government agency says. I'm going to follow God because I know that at the end of the day, the brave, as this guy said, the, the brave win. Courage is contagious and courage will outlive you. Because you leave a pathway, sign markers uh, of the way to go. There's that song, uh, I Don't Want to Leave a Legacy. Somebody, it's a song on the radio. You know, like, you know, I know they said, you know, develop a legacy and stuff. I don't want to develop a legacy. I don't want, I don't want them to even remember me, but only Jesus. I get that. And it, and I, I get that the idea that it's all about Jesus. But at the same time, I definitely want to leave a legacy for my children, my grandchildren, about the steps. How do you live this life? How do you walk? How do you learn from your stupid mistakes? And I've made plenty. I, you know, if, if, the, if, if failure is the greatest teacher, I have a Ph.D., So let's stand. Just bow your heads. What, you know, to confront, you know, uh, it's not a sin to, to be identified that I've got some fears I'm dealing with. And I just, you just take this moment to identify to you. God, is God pointing out some fears in, in you. 
And like I said, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're in sin. I'm not saying that. But you are feeling the pressure of the fear of this or that. And you want God to help get clarity and lay this down for uh, You, if if that if you identify with that, he says, God, I, I'm gonna lay my fear of this at at your feet right now, and I'm gonna turn my trust in you this morning. If you like to do that with me, would you come on up and join me up here, and we'll close our time together up here. He says, Jesus, I'm not going to walk in that fear anymore. Whatever it might be. Fear of things not working out. Fear of loss. Fear of the unknown. Yes, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Anybody else? Just come and join us. You're not a, a bad Christian if you if you're dealing with this. You're you're a real person. <laughs> anybody else? If there's anybody here you'd like to just come behind and lay your hand on and just join in prayer, welcome you to do that. But let's uh, we just lift our hands and you just tell the Lord and name it before him. Just name it to him. Jesus, Jesus. But we just we just call it out. There's stuff that's just been going on a long time in some cases. Others just popped up. But Lord. Heavenly Father, we, we come to you and we want to take those things that cause fear in us, that take our eyes off of you, that blind us, that we confess them. If they need to confess any sin, we do. But Lord, we, we just right now want to just take that, that fear and lay it at your feet in Jesus' name. Just do that. Just, Lord, we just lay it at your feet. I will not be ruled by fear. I'll be ruled by my fear of God. But I would not be ruled by the ways of, of, of the people of this world, but I would be ruled by, the, by what your word says. And I would just recommit myself to honoring you, to reading. As we heard the word that was shared earlier through tongues interpretation, Lord, you said to draw near to me in your word is life and truth and prayer, and you are there. And Lord, in Jesus' name, we, we, we just say, Lord, to surrender. I, I here just want to just lay down the things that, that bring me distractions and, and right now in Jesus' name. God, you are greater than all these things. Just tell him, Lord, you are greater than my name it. God, you're, you, are, you are greater than that, Lord. Thank you, Jesus.
And God, we just believe you, God, that in, in the name of Jesus right now, that you are going, uh, you're, you're doing a work in us that we can't. As, as each one here, you up front, as we lay down uh, that, whatever that is, you're laying it at his feet. You are doing what you can, that, that the Holy Spirit come now. Lord, Holy Spirit, you would come right now upon your people, Lord Jesus, and do in us what only you can do. We can't do, but what you can do. We're doing what we can do, Lord God. And now by your spirit, come along, God, in Jesus' name and drive out that fear and and help give us a gift of faith that comes from you as we also choose on our own to have faith in you, Lord God. And that just to obliterate the fear that would want to take hold and the fear that uh, that is in this world, God, that we might be your 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 lamp post. Um, that the light of your truth, of your confidence, would, would radiate from our lives. And that you would get glory out of our lives and people would find freedom from the fear and the trap that's out there. <coughs> and God, will thank you and we'll praise you. Let's just thank you right now. for God, we just praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. Lift your voice. God, we bless your name. God, you're doing it, and you're able to do immeasurably more than we could ask or imagine. We thank you, Jesus. And we trust you, Lord. I, I just, Lord, right now that, that testimonies are in the work because the test is here, and we're going to get testimonies for your glory. And we thank you and praise you in Jesus' name. And everybody said? Amen. 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 Hallelujah.